0: Hello, everybody. Sukreyaro here, and you're listening. And then. Why can't I see the time? <laughs> Sorry. the My computer just went not let me check the time with it. And then maybe get an episode of the October book out. Hang on. I need to check the October. Where is the October book? It's vanished. Um. Oh. Was this it? Hang on. Oop. Yep. Sorry. Just needed to find it. Uh. But, while I check this, I think I can find a way to mentally multitask. Uh, Last we left off, then Olivia sent a message to Jake? Yeah, that's his name. Uh, and I was nervous because I thought that she had accidentally sent it over Reddit, but we don't know. We don't know for sure. So... I'm just here. Right? Yeah. Alright. Hang on. Just writing down info I need for the next book. There we go. So, I sort of did want to just keep reading off the recording, but I wasn't going to do that. So we're just gonna get back into it and see and see if I was right in my fear. The Bad Decision Handbook Part three. I woke I wake up feeling high, even though I have no idea what that would feel like, though Chrissy has told me some stories. High on good vibes, high on what happened or almost happened with Jake. High on the prospect of a whole Saturday spent writing. My parents and I go to brunch at our favorite spot, ordering Or- (coughs) Excuse me! (laughs) Uh (coughs) Ordering the usual. Eggs Benedict for me, pulled pork sandwich for my mom, and the farmer's scramble for my dad. When we're back home, I open up my laptop and the bad decision handbook. Over the last two weeks, I've amassed a fairly impressive 50 pages. It's not going to be a long movie, probably only an hour and a half, which means I don't have much more than 40 pages left. If I set my mind to it, I might be able to finish at least a shitty first draft this weekend. Most importantly, I've got the folders, I've got the fodder, stories, settings, my feelings acquired from from being here, I've already decided that my Tennyson-inspired character is going to accidentally say something brilliant that helps kick off the climax, and that my Steinway-style gal will call him an idiot before agreeing it's likely the best idea. As much as I wanted to avoid the romantic cliches, I can't help it. I definitely think I'm going to have Onyx and Jimmy kiss at the end of the second act, right before the evil director launches his most vicious and terrifying attack. I write fairly solidly from 1pm to 4 when my phone buzzes When my phone buzzes and I get my first message from Elm, I take a break, shocked to realize I've added another eight pages. Elm Street Nightmare 84. Hey, so I rewatched Sophia last night. It was great. And only a few minutes after, a text from Jake. Okay, so she did text the right person. Last night was fun, hanging with my aunt at her shoot this weekend, but we should finish the movie at some point. Maybe this week? Then another, from Elm again. Elm Street Nightmare 84. Well, I partially rewatched it, at least, but still great. How are you? I push my laptop aside and shake my head. This already feels so messy. I answer Jake first. For sure. Maybe Monday? Then I open the Reddit app and start to message back. Carrie's Revenge 01. I know. Isn't it the best? P.S. Working on my screen. Screen flip. What? I stop myself. It's too disingenuous after last night, pretending to be two different people. Keeping up the hairy facade, it's got to stop. I know it's time to fade her out. Letter by letter, I delete the message. Then I close the app and go back to my messages. I watch as the dots appear, and Jake texts back. It's a plan. A smile breaks across my face. I set my phone down and grab my laptop again. My mom pokes her head in. Dad's going to grill tonight. Probably eat around seven. You're here, right? No late-night plans with new friends? I feel myself go red, but she only smiles. I'm just teasing, Olivia. You look happy. I'll be here, I say quickly, and when I don't add anything else, she turns on her heel, pulling the door shut behind her. I am happy, I realize. I like my job. I like the people I've met up here. I like Jake. I'm not going to mess it up this time. I'm not going to hide behind Carrie, the photo of Katie, and the anonymity of the internet. I'm going to try my best to be me. That's it. Briefly, I consider deleting the Reddit app, putting Carrie behind me, ghosting, just like that. Only, it's cruel. Elm doesn't deserve that. I go back to Reddit, open his most recent message. Carrie's Revenge one I'm good, but pretty busy, actually. Might not have quite as much time for all our usual chats this week. Before I can second-guess myself, I hit send. I write the rest of the night. In fact, I don't go to sleep until long after midnight when I have a grand total of 70 pages. On Sunday evening, after a long hike with my parents, I get back to it, working through, only breaking for dinner, and I nod off sometime around 2 a.m., then wake up again at 4. I have 86 pages. I'm so very close. I only have to write the final confrontation, which I've got all planned out in my head anyway. I'm tempted to stop. But when it gets hard, I remember the way I felt standing at the edge of the cliff before the first zip line. I remember Jake's hand in mine. Then I don't have to be the kind of person who's so afraid to fail they're afraid to try. It's 5.30 in the morning before I finish. The script is a mess, and it's all over the place. And I know it's not perfect, but it's real. I stare at it, scrolling through the pages, looking at all I've written. So many words, so many scenes, so many bits of dialogue, action lines, and description. All mine. My heart swells, and I feel, again, like a zippy blah, 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 blah. Then, where am I? Where <laughs> there I am. Like I'm zipping over the trees, flying. Like my fear, my self sabotaging bullshit, my old neuroses. Well, they can go jump off their own cliff, and not securely hooked up to a zip line either. Only there, in the back of my head, a niggling thought. There's so there's no one I want to tell as much as Elm. I shake my head. I can't. I have to fade out Carrie. Things are progressing too much in real life. My alter ego. She's got to go. Only, what if I sent it to him anyway? Just this one last thing. After all, I did promise him I would I would as soon as I finished. It's almost rude not to, after how much we've talked about it. Wouldn't it be wrong to break my promise? Uh, what the fuck? Before I can stop myself, I hit share on my Google Doc, and it gives me a link. I know I shouldn't do this, but I have to tell him. I open Reddit and start a new message to Elm. Carrie's Revenge one Told you I was busy because I was finishing my screenplay. Here it is. I paste the link and hit send. It's only after it's sent, somewhere out in the ether, that I realize what I've done. In my Google Doc. My name. I'm the author. Not Carrie. Olivia Knight. Shit, 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 shit. It's 5.45am. He can't have looked at it already. I head to my Google account and change my alias, turning my first name from Olivia to Carrie, my last name from Knight to Revenge. I don't even care if the script is rough. I don't even care if sending it was a stupid mistake. It's out in the world, with the person who I care about seeing it more than anyone else. Maybe sending it was a bad decision, but right now, it feels like a damn good one. Vertigo, Part 2 I can barely keep my eyes open on Monday. I'm not saying it was a bad decision to go on a writing bender and finish the screenplay. I'm just saying that I can hardly focus enough to check in the 2.30 crew. I'm just saying that, five minutes ago, a guy told me his name was Brad, and I asked him how to spell it. I haven't yet heard back from Elm regarding the screenplay, but honestly, I'm a bit too tired to really give it much thought. Just before three, Mary Ann pops in. How's it going? She asks. Good. Good. I say. All accounted for. No hiccups. And we sold like ten t-shirts today. Mary Ann smiles. It's my niece. She did the new design. She'll be thrilled to see it so popular. Anyway, I'm putting you on rope-land duty because I need to send Tennyson up to the zip lines. Sideways leading the tour. Just make sure the kids wait and all that. You know the drill. I'll handle the front in case anyone comes in. Sounds good. I say. When I get to rope land, the kids are impatiently standing in line as usual. I look up to see Steinway leading a cluster through the ropes in the middle. The next hour passes slowly and unceremoniously. Steinway finishes her group and begins another. I pass out gear for the next group of kids. When it's almost four, I get a text from Jake Still on for tonight? Was going to ask you at lunch, but stayed up here because the tour ran long. I write back quickly For sure. Can't wait. I delete it and go for something a little more casual. Sure, too casual. I add a little punctuation. Sure, with an exclamation point. Then I hit send. It's only 10 minutes after that when I see a, see a message on Reddit. Elm Street Nightmare 84. OMG, you finished the screenplay? This is the best news ever. I can't wait to read. I scroll above and click the link I sent him to the screenplay, checking once again that the author comes up as Carrie Revenge and not Olivia Knight. All good. Suddenly, I see Steinway, booking it across the lowest rope bridge, the group of kids behind her. She hops down, helping the kids down with her. I need a break, she says. What? She's completely pale. I'm gonna be sick, she says. Just cancel the next group. I gotta go. That's when I hear the crying. I look up. There's a boy, maybe eight or nine, standing at the very top, the highest part of the tower, head thrown back, wailing. What about him? I ask, pointing up. "Uh Uh-oh, she says. Sorry, he must have gotten left behind. She points to the harness. You're gonna have to get him. I can't. She runs off, like her life depends on it, leaving me on my own. The kids all stare at me. Shit. My heart beats faster, and I glance around furtively, hoping to wave down Cora or Bryson. Anyone. Standing standing here, it looks so damn high. Uh, I push a button on the walkie. Olivia here. Anyone able to come to Ropeland? A kid is stuck up top and Steinway got sick and had to leave. Over. There's a beep. Jake to Olivia. Too busy with the tour. Over. Ann to Olivia, just got busy in the office. Can you handle it on your own? Over. My heart continues to race, but I push, but I press the button again. Sure thing. Over. I hook the walking onto my belt and clench and unclench my fists. I can do this. I have to do this. Quickly, I shimmy a harness up my legs, hook a carabiner and a few feet of metal rope onto the front, and grab a helmet that miraculously fits right. Grabbing the first rope, I pull myself up. I'm only a couple of feet off the ground, but already the ropes are shaky. I hook my carabiner onto the safety cable that stretches across the rope bridge, like I've seen Steinway do plenty of times, but still my stomach flip-flops. I take another step and I let myself look up. The kid is still wailing, holding onto the ropes with both hands. I take another curious step. I'm going to have to speed up. At this pace, it will take forever. My walkie beeps again. Jake to Olivia, you okay? With a shaking hand, I grab my walkie. I'm making my way up, slowly. Screw the lingo. I don't have time for that right now. The walkie beeps again, punctuating the kids' wails. Okay, on the left side, closest to the lodge, there's a ladder built into the course. It goes straight to the top. It's easier than using the bridges and nets, Jake says. I look over, and from the ground, a young girl points to exactly what Jake is talking about. I walk quickly, not looking up, ignoring the way the ropes seem to barely hold me up. I tug on the metal line that connects me to the safety cable overhead, reminding myself I'm secure. Eight-year-olds do this all the time. The walkie beeps again. Find the ladder? Yeah. Another beep. Okay, grab onto the outside corner. That's the easiest way to climb. Then go up as fast as you can. Look up, not down. You'll be fine. I swallow my nerves, then unhook my carabiner from the safety cable overhead. I place my foot onto one of the rungs of the ladder, pulling myself off the rope bridge. Thankfully, I'm still only a few feet from the ground, but I'm no longer hooked to my safety line. I don't look down, like Jake said. The ladder is much more stable than the rest of the course, made of wood instead of rope. I make my way, one rung after another. Below me, I hear a call. You can do it! The walkie beeps again. Just keep looking up, Jake says, step by step. You'll be fine. I can't talk back. I need both hands on the ladder. But I nod anyway. I think of those scenes in Vertigo when Jimmy Stewart stares down. I know that if I do, I'll never get the guts to do what I need to. It beeps again. You got this, Olivia. The air seems to get cooler. The kid's wailing louder. But when I look up, all I can see is sky. Then, like that, there's no more ladder left. I've done it. I swing around, back onto the highest bridge, quickly hooking my carabiner onto the safety cable overhead. The boy is there, holding the rope so tight his hands are shaking. I feel ya, boy. I feel ya. Eyes locked straight ahead, I walk over to him. Kneeling down, I give him a quick hug, his tears dripping onto my t-shirt. Then stand up. Follow me, okay? He nods, and together we walk. The walkie beeps again. So you'll obviously have to take the long route down, but just go slowly. You got this. I lead the way. One rope bridge connects to the next, and at each and at each one I help the boy unhook his carabiner from the safety from one safety cable and on to on to another. We wind around, going slowly, our hands holding tightly to the ropes on each other on each side, keeping our balance, until suddenly we're back at the beginning, on solid ground. The girl who pointed up the ladder is cheering. The boy looks as relieved as I do. Mary Ann appears then, walking quickly over. Sorry, I was slammed. It's okay, I say. You good? Those wobbly ropes can be trickier than the zip line sometimes. It's totally safe and everything, but it gives you that feeling, doesn't it? I nod. Definitely. Marianne takes the boy's hand. Come on, let's find your parents. She looks she looks up to me. I'll send Tennyson back down to handle the next group. Just hang tight a second. She saunters off. My walkie beeps again. All good, Olivia? I hold down the button, smiling as I hit it. Between facing my fear and him cheering me on, I'm more than good. All good, Jake. Come. <clears> what <throat> oh, fucking time? 12! What? I'm sorry, time passed really fast. I. <laughs> sorry. <clears throat> the shallows. Back at the check-in office, shift wrapped up, I grab my things and Jake does, too. We say our goodbyes to Marianne, then head out of the front doors together. The air is perfect, not cold, but not too hot, either. The sun, nowhere near setting but lower in the sky. I marvel at how beautiful it is here, with the mountains framing our views, seemingly from every side. Jake leads the way to his car, but turns to me before opening the door, hands shoved deep in his pockets— it's so nice out. I was thinking, before the movie, we could go on a short hike, but only if you're down. Nothing in the world sounds lovely than that. I'm more than down. Perfect, he says. I can try so <laughs> <coughs> Um Blah Whoa blah, blah. What the fuck Oh. Perfect, he says. I can drive us up to the trailhead. It's just past the swimming hole we went to on Friday. I nod, getting into his car and shutting the door behind me. Jake pulls away, gravel crunching beneath the tires, and heads out of the parking lot, taking the left instead of right. We drive along for a bit, the road smooth, the view clear, until he shifts onto a small, unmarked turnoff, leading us back into the woods, the road changing once again to dirt, By the way, I say, thanks for your help, you know, on the walkie. He turns to catch my eyes for a moment before looking back at the road. I know how hard that must have been for you, but you were awesome, he says. You did it. I narrow my eyes. I hardly think getting up the guts to do something a million kids can do is awesome. Kids are fearless, Jake says. We get less fearless each year. You don't, I say as the car curves around a bend, and another view of the mountains opens up before us. "'You're leaving people on daily flights through the the forest.' "'We wind back into the woods, and the trailhead marker comes into view. "'That's different,' Jake Jake says as he puts the car in park. "'I'm not scared of that, but I am scared of other things.' "'I turn to look at him. "'Like what?' I ask. "'He catches my gaze, then swallows. "'Believe me, I'm scared of plenty.' The hike is only about a mile, or so Jake says. At least but he, or so Jake says at least. But he's a lot more used to the outdoorsy thing than I am. How was your weekend? I ask as I stumbled to keep up, swearing, sweating slightly. I stop walking, an ache deep and heavy in my gut. I want to tell him so badly, that it's me who wrote the screenplay, that I was up all night, not Carrie. Scratch that. That Carrie is me. What is it, he asks, turning to face me. I imagine it, pulling him close, whispering in his ear. I haven't been totally honest with you. Can we find a way to start over, please? I shake my head. I'm just tired. I was up late last night. I was up late finishing the screenplay that was that was sitting in your inbox this morning. Thinking, not saying. Jake reaches out his hand, letting it land on my elbow. You okay to keep going? I nod. Of course, his hand drops away, leaving fire where he's touched me. Then he smiles. It's just up ahead. We do another few turns back and forth, the ground rising before us, and my body getting hotter as we make our way slightly uphill. The woods thicken more than ever, and I spot ivy, granite, granite, and moss-covered stones. Jake turns to me, ready. I nod. He does something crazy. He takes my hand in his and leads me forward. Close your eyes. You're not some horror movie villain, I ask, leading me to impending doom. He smirks. I think you're warming up to horror, you know. I swear I'll make a fan of you yet. Maybe, I say. Jake lets go of my hand, and when the woods part, I see it. A waterfall, about twice as wide and tall as the one from Friday, one that crashes against a shallow natural pool that glistens pink in the dusky light. A smile stretches across his face. So this is connected to the swimming hole. It's all part of the same current. Come on, he says. He walks ahead, following a well-beaten dirt path. Wait, I say, and he stops, turning to me. You're a newbie too. How in the world do you know about secret waterfall spots? What, do you have some woodsy waterfall radar? Woodar? His whole body shakes with laughter. Wow, that's even worse than my jokes. I know, right? But seriously, how do you fit in here so much better than me? His face goes red. I don't. Not really. But you- He tugs at the bottom of his t-shirt, his fingers worrying at a tiny hole. This is embarrassing, but I googled secret waterfall spots Hunter Mountain area this morning, and this one came up. It had a lot of good reviews on Google Maps. Now it's my turn to laugh. He grimaces. That bad, huh? I shake my head. No, it's not bad at all. It's cool. It's great, actually. His grimace turns to a grin. Thank goodness, Jake says, and together we walk closer. Just behind the falls, there's a tiny little cove, shadowed, blue. There's a tiny little cove, shadowed, blue, a world apart. Jake kicks his shoes off. What are you doing? I ask. Getting in. But I don't have my swimsuit, I say. Me either. For a second, I think he's going to suggest some real horror movie shit, skinny-dipping out of secluded falls, which is 100% the surest way to make some errant hiker or sea monster want to- want to orchestrate your demise. Ugh. What? Just my feet, he says. I watch as he sets his socks on top of his tennis shoes, then tosses his phone and wallet next to them. He steps into the water, his shoulders jolting as he does. Cold? I ask. He nods. It's even colder up here, closer to the mountain. That's what you said on Friday. He laughs. Yeah, well, I guess I should have made it clear that this is even colder than that was. Great, I say. He smiles. It feels really good after a hike, I promise. It's not so much the appeal of feeling chills rise literally up my spine, horror movie or not. It's the thought of being in the water with him, of being connected in a way. I look around. The trees surround us, making this our own little globe. I take my shoes off, too. I step in, and he's right. It's colder than it was on Friday. But I step forward anyway, so I'm only about a foot from Jake. He rubs his hands up and down my arms, and I feel alive all over. Not so bad, right? I laugh. No, it's definitely just as bad as I thought it would be. He looks at me a moment, his chin turned down just so, and in the pinky light, his eyes look even bigger, even more beautiful. Again, I imagine telling him the truth. His arms drop from mine. What is it? he asks. I shake my head. Nothing. It looked like you were suddenly somewhere else, he asks. I'm, he says. I kick, a, I kick out a bit of water, splashing it against his shins. Right here. Promise he grins just checking then he steps closer to the falls the water beginning to splash against his shins you're not g- you're not going in that are you no that would be crazy he says loud enough to drown out the falls then he raises an eyebrow dramatically or should i i should tell him definitely not that would be ridiculous but in his eyes i see that spark that spark The seeking of a thrill, probably the same thing that first got him interested in horror movies, and part of me wants the thrill, wants that shock of cold on my body. I don't say anything, but I step closer, the water splashing my shins. The water splashing my shins now, too. The fall's crashing only a couple of feet from us. I turn to him, and talking's almost out of the question now. The water is so loud. The truth is, I want to run through that waterfall with him. I want to see what happens on the other side. He turns to me and steps just the tiniest bit closer, and I swear to God, he's going to kiss me, right here in the water. I swear it's going to happen, just like it almost happened on Friday. He takes a deep breath, and I notice, for the first time, a smattering of freckles on the tip of his nose. His hair isn't wet, but his forehead glistens with sweat from the hike. Again, I have the urge to run my hands through his curls, pull his face close, feel his lips on mine, run my finger along the scar beneath his eye. Well, here I go, then he says, and then, quick as anything, he turns and jumps forward, crashing through the falls and into the cove on the other side. I gasp. You're nuts, I yell, though I can't even see him, the water a white crashing sheet between us. Then he's there again, the water pounding against his hair, turning his curl straight, slick, and he reaches out his hand for mine. I brace myself. It will be cold and miserable and way too much, but it will be amazing, too. It will be our own little thrill. I grasp his hand, and he gives me a tug. The water is all-consuming. It beats against me, on my head, on my shoulders, on the backs of my legs, pounding like a hammer, pounding as quickly as my heart, but as soon as I'm in, I'm free of it. I'm in the cove. Everything else disappears. Elm and Carrie, the number of of pimples on my chin, the way I lied, the fear I felt this afternoon— "'The zip lines, NYU. My worry that the screenplay is, without a doubt, "'the worst thing that's ever been written, times a million. "'Everything is gone. Everything but him and me. "'Feels good, doesn't it?' Jake asks, talking loud enough for me to hear. "'His shirt is wet, hugging his shoulders, and mine is, too. "'You're soaked, water-beaten, like a movie couple about to kiss in the unwavering rain.' "'It does,' I say, stepping a tiny bit closer, "'feeling the draw of his body, like a magnet to mine.' He steps closer, too, looking at me, and I'm sure it's about to happen. I see the parting of his lips, the sucking in of breath. Then he grins. So you know I'm afraid of the dark. I have a penchant for shark movies. And the only way I can can remotely appear smooth is by reading reviews on Google Maps. But hey, his grin grows wider. At least you know what you're getting into. My throat tightens, the feeling gone, replaced with a weight in my stomach, with guilt. So badly, I want to just lean in, push the rest of it out of my head, but I can't. Not when he puts it like that. At least you know what you're getting into. He has no idea what he's getting into. Not with me. I take a step back, hugging my arms to my chest. It's a little too cold back here. Then I dash forward, out of the cove, back into the real world. A world where Jake still doesn't know the truth about me. Jimmy. Now that we're out of the woods, literally speaking, I'm gonna go ahead and throw this out there. Things have gotten a teensy bit complicated. Onyx. No shit, Sherlock. The Bad Decision Handbook by Knight Catherine Carey. We should probably skip the movie, huh? Now that we're drenched? I laugh. My shorts and t-shirt are already clinging to my body. Soon, I'm going to start smelling like a wet dog. It's probably for the best rain or waterfall check. Jake gives me a half smile. I'm sorry if that was weird, he says, jumping in and everything. This is what happens when I try to be spontaneous. He starts the car and begins to pull out of the lot. No, I say. It was a good thing. It was awesome. Like something out of a movie. But not a scary one. A good one. He nods, turning on the road that leads to Woodstock. Tunes? He asks. Sure, I say. He rolls the windows down, the breeze fresh and welcome against my wet skin, and flips to the same station my parents listen to, Oldie's classic rock. The Grateful Dead, or something that sounds a lot like them, booms through the speakers, and for a second there's no no need to fill up the space with words. I rest my arm on the edge of the window, feel the sunlight on it, think of how wonderful it is to be with him. Try not, for a moment at least, to focus on all the ways I've lied to him. I'll be at my internship tomorrow, he says as he pulls up into my driveway, so I guess I won't see you until Wednesday. She's just thinking this. I wanted to kiss you. I promise I did. It's not you, Jake. It's me. Wait, did I skip a page? No. It's not you, Jake. It's me. It's probably one of the rare times in the history of relationships that that excuse has actually been true. Uh, I did clarify that she thought that didn't say it. I think. I don't know. Have fun, I say. at Your internship, I mean. Have fun at the zip line. Not sure what else to say. I get out of the car, wave goodbye. What in the world happened to you? My dad asks as I step inside. My mom looks up from where she's making dinner in the kitchen. Whoa. I'm fine, I say. Just going to change. Still dripping, I rush into the bathroom, shut the door, and get out of my wet clothes, running the shower hot. I step in, washing the waterfall water off, knowing I can't wash away my secret. Knowing full well now that there's only one way to make this okay. Facing out Carrie simply isn't enough. I've got to tell him the truth. Jake's words ring in my head. At least you know what you're getting into. He has to know what he's getting into. I owe him that much, at least. And once I tell him, all I can do is hope he'll understand. Even if he doesn't, I have to be okay with that, too. He'll know the truth, and that's what matters. I get, out of my- I get out of the shower, toweling off. I feel a tad lighter already, back in my room, in fresh clothes. My bones a tiny bit warmer. I grab my phone and fire off a quick text. Today was fun, but remind me never to go with you to Niagara Falls. P.S. There's something I want to talk to you about. Hang after, hang after work on Wednesday? I can see him typing immediately. Everything okay? I hope so, Jake. I really do hope so. Yes, everything is fine. Wednesday good? There's a pause, but then he texts back. Sweet. Yeah, Wednesday works. See ya. Wednesday takes forever to arrive, like a movie that progresses way too slowly. I chat with Elm as little as possible, telling him thanks for... promising to read, but not asking too many follow-up questions. Soon, I tell myself, it won't matter. Whatever happens, at least he'll know. My charade will finally be over. The first part of my shift drags. I'm the only one in the office, and Jake and Bryson have lunch up on the mountain, so I spend most of the time on Instagram and checking our text chain. Just after three, and after spotting a serendipitous post about the importance of honesty, I shoot Christy a difficult but necessary text. By the way, I wasn't totally honest with you when I asked for advice the other day. I didn't just send an edited photo to that guy I told you about. When we were chatting online, I sent him a photo of somebody else. So when I met him in person, he's super co- coincidentally working at my job up here, he didn't recognize me, even though I recognized him. Basically, now we've hit it off in person, and he doesn't even know that we're also friends online. But it's okay, because I'm going to tell him today. Wish me luck! I see the dots that indicate she's typing, and my stomach twists nervously. She's probably horrified, absolutely appalled, that her own niece could carry on a double life. Hash out a catfishing scheme of such magnitude. Then her message appears. Oh my, that makes a lot more sense. I was wondering why you were working. You were so worried about a photo if he'd already seen you in person. Yes, that is different. And what a crazy coincidence. Reminds me of this one time I ran into a guy I'd met in a hostel in Europe at a casino in, at- in Atlantic City. Anyway, try not to beat yourself up too much. We all do stupid stuff in the name of romance. Trust me. Just be honest and I'll cross my fingers that he understands. My smile spreads. Tr- <laughs> Um, uh, <laughs> sorry, sorry. <coughs> uh, my smile spreads cheek to cheek. I feel better that someone knows, at least, uh, at least. That she doesn't think I'm the worst person on the face of the earth. She keeps typing. Only, why did you send a fake photo in the first place? You're stunning. I shake my head as I write back. Who knows? Because I'm 17 and I have pimples, lol. Chrissy sends over a shocked-slash-horrified emoji. You're beautiful, and I'm not just saying that because I'm your aunt. I smile to myself, putting my phone away. Maybe it will work out. Maybe it will all be okay. The door bangs open, and Steinway appears. Feeling better? I ask as she walks behind the counter. She nods. I was sick as all get out, but I'm better now. By the way, I heard you did good with the kid saving. I blush. I did all right, I guess. She puts a hand on her hip. Hey, I saw how scared you were that first day. It had to take at least a little gumption. Or desperation, I say. Or fear that you'd puke all over me if I argued. Whichever. She laughs, but then she looks at me and stops. What? I ask. She nods down to my fingers, nails ripped apart. I hadn't even realized I was doing it. You're nervous, she says. I shove my hands in my pockets, hiding my nails, hiding away my nails. Steinway leans against the counter, tugging at the end of her of one of her braids. Nervous about Jake, she asks. Yes, I want to say, but not in the way that, not in the way you think. She crosses her arms. What? You're not going to give me the lowdown? I look away, feeling myself go even redder. There's no lowdown. Oh, isn't there? Steinway prods. That's not what everyone says. I laugh. You haven't even been here. She smirks. And yet, the gossip mill carries on. It's more reliable than the ski lift, that's for sure. I can only laugh. All right, don't tell me, she says, throwing up her hands. I'll get the dirt from someone else. Oh, I'm sure you will. Just before six, Jake walks in to get his things. He smiles, eyes wide and eager. Ready to go? Want to get dinner or something? Behind him, Steinway raises her eyebrows up and down dramatically, mouths, get it, girl. I ignore her, turning to Jake. Yeah, you eat meat, right? There's a burger place in Woodstock. Jake smiles. I do indeed, and I haven't been there yet, if it's the one I'm thinking of. Always down to try something new. We head out the front doors together, and he lets his hand drop on the side, stretching out his fingers, almost as if he's going to reach for mine. But quickly, I shove it in my pocket. I want to talk to him, get everything out there before anything else happens between us. We're almost to Jake's car when I stop short. To my horror, Jake does too. I can hardly believe it, but there she is, standing at the edge of the parking lot, blonde hair catching the light. Olivia! She breaks into a smile and runs at me, tackling me with, with one of her signature hugs, so fierce it almost tips me over. Katie. Katie. Here. Katie. Upstate. Katie, in a world she's not supposed to be in at all. She pulls pa- back, letting me go momentarily. What are you doing here? I ask, stumbling over the words. Jake doesn't wait for an answer, or an intro. Carrie? Katie doesn't even look at Jake. I came to surprise you. She beams and throws her arms out, wiggling the tips of her fingers. Surprise! Carrie, Jake says again. She turns her head, only now acknowledging his presence. It's Katie. That doesn't stop him. He takes her in just as I do, her long hair, silky and straight, her cool blue eyes, that infectious smile that shows her front teeth, slightly gapped in a way that only makes her look cool and unique. No, he says. I mean, it's me. Elm. Katie's eyebrows knit together. What? She asks him. I step on her foot, hard as I can. Ouch, she says, turning to me. I try to use all the Jedi mind tricks but I have, but she doesn't comprehend. Meanwhile, Jake's confidence doesn't waver. Elm Street Nightmare, he says. Well, Elm Street Nightmare 84, to be exact. Jake in real life, of course. You're Carrie's revenge. Katie looks to me, all, who the hell is this guy? You know, he continues, queen of the quizzically terrifying, feudal lord of the fear-inducing. Carrie? I have no choice. Your handle on Reddit, I say quickly. Huh? I widen my eyes at her. In the horror movie community, Right? "'Come on, Katie, come on. The one you're always going on about, the one you chat in every day. "'Like that, a spark in her eyes, the same sort I've seen when she watches a scene with with Meryl "'or makes me practice lines with her for a role. Before me, Katie, my dear, perfect, wonderful Katie, "'becomes the actress she's always been meant to be.' "'Oh!' she says, turning to Jake and sticking out her hand. "'Of course!' I step forward. It must be weird for someone to say your Reddit handle in person like that. I mean, even if you've been online pen pals for months, I say. Jake's eyes split from Katie to me, me to Katie, and someone you've never met, I add. It's a major no-no in screenwriting, revealing through dialogue like that, but right now, I have no choice. Katie smiles. Yes, of course, you just caught me off guard. It's good. It's so good to meet you. I'm not used to people calling me Carrie. She shoots me a glance. Oh, I got this, Olivia. Carrie's my middle name, so I don't normally answer to it. Jake's eyes narrow slightly. Your middle name? Right? I say loudly. Isn't it hilarious that's both your middle name and your favorite movie? A flash of fear in Katie's eyes, but she recovers quickly, just like when she flubbed up her line in the spring production of Romeo and Juliet. Sorry, I read a little bit ahead. It was supposed to be, Romeo, Romeo, wherefore art thou, Romeo? Only she said it way too fast, where fart thou, Romeo? <laughs> and she acted like nothing of the sort would dare come out of Juliet Juliet Capulet's mouth, like we were all wrong for thinking it had. That's when I knew she was truly a pro. "'It's funny,' Katie goes on. "'I watched Carrie for the first time because the main character had my middle name. "'I never expected to become obsessed with it like I have.' "'That's amazing,' Jake says, rocking back and forth on his heels. "'Pure excitement. "'You never told me it's your middle name, too,' Katie winks. "'Gotta keep some secrets, I suppose, especially from an internet stranger.' "'Jake bursts into laughter.' All right, Katie, I think. Dial it down a notch. Jake turns to me. Turns to me then, as if only now remembering I'm still here. So you're friends with Carrie? I mean, Katie. Katie Carrie. He glances to Katie. That's a funny name combination. She shrugs. Yep, Catherine Carey. My parents are nuts. Jake laughs hysterically again, then glances back to me. So you guys know each other from Brooklyn? I nod. Known each other for years. What a small world. Jake crosses his arms, gaze ping-ponging between us. I know this sounds weird, but if I saw it in a movie, I wouldn't believe it. His face scrunches up, and he turns back to Katie. Wait a second. I thought you were at NYU. Katie opens her mouth as if to correct him, but I butt in. Yeah, I thought the screenwriting program was supposed to go on longer. Katie stares at me a minute. Oh, what have you done now, Olivia? Then composes her face. She shrugs. It was nothing like I expected, honestly. I ended up leaving early. Not a good environment for writing at all. But didn't you just finish your screenplay there? Jake asks. She freezes. Deer in headlights. Shit. I clear my throat, and they both turn to me. Katie's eyebrows shoot up. You finished? Her gaze seems to ask. Didn't you write the best parts after you left the program? I asked Katie. She nods slowly. Very, very slowly. Yeah, yeah, I left last week because it was pretty lame. And then I made some major progress on the end. Jake tilts his head to the side. Really? But you were so excited. Katie shrugs him off. Whatever works, I guess, Jake says. I'm glad you're here. Yes, me too, I say. But it comes out all wrong. Jake's eyes catch mine. If you're down, Katie should come to dinner with us. Of course, I say, my heart racing, the three of us together. How exciting. God fucking damn it. Ah, my leg is falling asleep. Normally I record at my desk, but I'm sitting on my bed right now. Because there's stuff on my desk chair, but my leg is falling asleep. So I'm going to try and clear off my chair right now so I can sit at the desk. Oh, there's stuff behind the chair too. I have to put my laundry away. Not right now, obvi, but you know. Oh. some yarn fell on the floor. I don't care too much though. And down is coming the desk because I don't know if I've talked about it before. But I have a desk that can fold up so it doesn't take up as much floor space as if it was just down all the time. It feels like it's just awkwardly quiet as I'm getting this shit together. So I'm trying to make noise as I go. And I'm in a chair. (laughs) Anyway, I'm gonna just get back to the book now. The Changeling. We'll meet you there. I call out to Jake as I follow Katie to my parents' car. As soon as the doors close, like a director calling action and cueing the next scene, what in the hell was that about? Katie asks. I mean, I love a good challenging role as much as the next girl. But really, Olivia, even a true artist needs some warning. <clears throat> I shake my head, ignoring her question. I don't understand. What are you doing here? You invited me? Katie says. Duh. But your program? She shrugs. It wasn't a good fit. Totally not on my level. But you were so... Katie interrupts me, raising a hand in the air. Forget about the program for a second. I thought this would be a nice surprise since you practically begged me to come save you from your summer. Now can you please tell me what in the world I just witnessed witnessed slash participated in? I watch as Jake's car pulls out of the lot. Just drive, I say. I'll explain. Katie nods. I'll drive, you spill. Take a ride up here, I say, already dreading what I have to tell her. You'll stay on this road for a few miles. Good, she says. That means we have time for a full rundown of what in God's name just happened. We pull up to a stoplight. The shops of Hunter's Main Street on one side, the mountains on the other. I tear at a broken bit of nail. I did something bad, I say finally. Kate, Katie taps her fingers on the wheel, and the, su- and the light turns green. The car jerks aw- jerks ahead. Like, you buried a body bad? Some girl named Carrie, who looks like me and inexplicably spends every day on Reddit? I mean, I know you love Reddit and all, but you have to know that's not me at all. I clear my throat. I know that. It's me. Katie shakes her head. Je ne comprends pas. I don't understand. I'm the one who's been spending every day on Reddit for months. Me. Duh, she says, in true nerd fashion. But what does that have to do with my likeness? What is this whole mystery girl thing? No, I mean Carrie is me. I'm Carrie. Katie tilts her head to the side, and I go on. Back in February, right as I was starting to work on my screenplay, I started messaging in this horror community on there, and then Elm and I started chatting on our own. A lot. Elm? Katie asks. Jake, I say, but that's his handle. Like, on threads, you know? Katie sighs. As if her brain only has only has enough space for one nerdy handle at a time as we follow the road along for one nerdy handle at a time as we follow the road along the edge of a meadow, okay, great, he's a cutie, and you obviously like him, but what in the world does that have to do with me? What the hell happened back there? I sigh, I do like him, I like him a lot, actually. It feels good to say it out loud, even though it doesn't change what i mu what I know must follow. But the thing is, I never expected to meet him in real life. He was just an online friend. This is crazy, but when I came out to work here, the first day at Hunter Mountain, I saw him. Turn here. I say, pointing to where Jake has just turned. She does, but her jaw hangs there, agape. Wait, you didn't know he was going to be here? It wasn't, like, a community for horror, nerd- horror nerds that also live in the Catskills? No, I say, that doesn't even make sense. Hey. Katie says. You're the one who's woven this twisted web. I'm only trying to make sense of it. That's nuts, though. I know. And it's even more nuts, because he's from North Carolina. He only came up here because he's staying with his aunt for the summer. The road curves into downtown Woodstock. Hippie shops, organic eateries, bluestone sidewalks. You can park in the lot right here, I say. Katie turns in and finds a spot. She puts the car in park. So he's here. That's so that's crazy. Fine. Why didn't you just tell him it was you he was chatting to? How did you even? I recognized him from his picture. He'd sent it to me before. Katie's face scrunches up. I still don't get it. Then her eyes widen. Oh, she says. You told him you were at the NYU program that you didn't get into. You let him believe that little lie because there was no harm in it, right? You were never going to meet him. But then you did. I look down at my hands. She's got half of it right, but it's so much worse than that. Wait, Katie says. But then why did he think I was you? I fiddle with the ends of my hair. It's embarrassing. Just spit it out, Olivia. Because of the photo, I say. Huh? I sigh. When Jake asked me for a photo, I sent him one of you. Of me? Katie asks, but why in the world? Jake appears then, seemingly out of nowhere, knocking on the window, a total horror movie cliché. Katie's lips are formed into a thin line, but quickly, she turns away, opening the door. Easy there, slugger. We were having a girl chat. Jake Jake takes a quick step back and shuffles his feet. Oh, he says, I didn't mean to interrupt. Katie laughs, then shoots me a confused look before turning back to him, and plastering on a smile. "'Don't worry. We'll make an exception for you, I suppose.' "'I get out of the car, and the three of us walk through the through the public parking lot, "'down to the center of town, where Mill Hill Road meets Tinker Street. "'Jake walks by my side, hands shoved into his pockets, "'as if he doesn't know what to do with them, with Katie right here beh- beside us. "'Part of me wants to reach out, take his hand in mine, "'get us back to where I thought we were not that long ago. "'But with her here, the physical embodiment of my lie, I don't have the guts.' Besides, what if he likes Carrie, or who he thinks of as Carrie, as much as he likes me? What if he likes her even more? The burger restaurant is is tiny, a little postage stamp of a place with wood plank walls, reclaimed lighting, and a bar that stretches across most of the room. Three, the girl asks. I nod, and she leads us to the back corner. I get in first, and Katie takes a seat on the other side. Jake hovers, eyes flitting briefly from me to her and back again, as if he's making a decision. Both girls, one on each side. He's going to choose Katie. I just know he's going to choose Katie. A server scoots by, forcing his hand, and he sits down next to me. But as soon as he's in the boat booth, his eyes lock on her, on Katie or Carrie, on the girl he thought he was chatting to all this time. God, this has gotten messy. We rattle off our orders quickly, burgers all around, a basket of sweet potato fries to share, sriracha aioli on the side. Menus get taken back, and Katie announces she has to go to the bathroom. She stands up quickly, leaving us alone. He turns to me as soon as she's gone, his hands on the table in front of of him, not even close to touching mine. I hope it's okay I invited her. I know you said you wanted to talk. I just, it was such a crazy coincidence seeing her like that. He pauses, as if debating something, saying something else. I don't know. She and I have been friends for months. I guess months. I guess it just kind of popped out of my mouth. It's fine, I say. I mean, I was surprised too, but of course I wanted her to come. My smile feels weak and unconvincing, even as I deliver it. She's my best friend. Jake nods. I still just can't believe that your best friend is the girl I've been talking to all this time. It's like, what are the odds? Better than you know, I want to say. But what are the odds that she ditched her dream program to come up here as a surprise? That's another story. What are the odds that you, the guy from North Carolina, would be spending a summer in the Catskills, working at my very same job? That's another story altogether. Jake adjusts himself against the hard wooden booth and takes a sip of water. What did you want to talk about, anyway? I looked down at my hands, nails ripped raw. There's no way in hell I can tell him now. Not like this. Not with Katie set to return any moment. In minutes, my lies have gotten so much deeper. The girl in the bathroom isn't Carrie. The screenplay I sent is mine, not hers. I was foolish to think I could just ask him out to burgers and tell him the truth while we dipped fried sweet potatoes in freaking sriracha aioli. Nothing huge. I'll tell you later. I say, and as I do, Katie comes back out, and our next act begins. As we wait for the burgers to arrive, it's his eyes I notice. His questions are run in the mill How long have you been friends? How did you meet? That kind of thing. But his eyes give me pause. They're locked on Katie, wide and eager, taking her in as she details the meat cube that has come to define our friendship. How she tripped, spilling her LaCroix all over all over me our first day of freshman year. She tells a story in grand detail, hands flitting about in her Katie way, and I swear his gaze never breaks from her once. Meanwhile, tucked in the booth, I feel smaller, more invisible than ever, like everything from the last few weeks. Trying the zipline, writing my screenplay, never happened. Next to Katie, they seem suddenly like tiny, insignificant accomplishments, nothing compared to her." When she's done, folding her hands, all, and that's that, Jake finally turns to me. You've been friends since then, and and Carrie, I mean, Katie's, her horror obsession never rubbed off on you at all. I guess not, I say, his eyes already returning to hers. Katie leans in, conspiratorially. Olivia likes to think she's above genre films like that. She's more of a Meryl Street person. She winks not so discreetly at me. Luckily, Jake doesn't seem to notice, or maybe not so no- Luckily, because his eyes are still on her. "'You know what's funny?' Jake says. "Ismail Streep was in two campy comedy horrors back-to-back in the 80s and 90s. "'She, Devil, and Death Becomes Her,' they say together. "'Yes, friends. They actually say it together.' Katie tosses her head back in laughter. "'She's good. I have to hand it to her. "'A veritable shapeshifter like the ghost in The Changeling. "'This old 80s movie I recommended to Jake.' When he now thinks she recommended to him, as she laughs, I realize something horrible. I liked down from the moment I saw his photo. Scratch that, long before that, I loved our banter. And when I saw his picture, it was like confirmation of all I already felt. If Jake felt the same way, and part of me knows he did, then it's not just that he likes her. It's more than that. She's his dream girl come to life in the most serendipitous way. I'm just the girl he met at work, the girl there to accompany him on a, hike or t- on a hike or to sit next to him on a bale of hay for lunch. She's the interesting one, the writer, the horror lover, the queen of the quizzically terrifying. I'm just Olivia. As if confirming my fears, Jake breaks into a smile. Oh, and by the way, he says, I still haven't read the screenplay, but I can't wait. I've just been... turned to me. Look at me, say so you've been too preoccupied with me. Just been busy, I guess, Jake says. Katie tilts her head to the side and shoots me a quick i want all the deeds. look before resuming her role. Too busy to read my piece de l'esistance? De l- you better get on that. Jake's eyes finally catch mine, and he must see the look of horror written all over my face. What is it? He asks. Are you okay? What is it? "'only that she's doing it all wrong, "'turning Carrie into someone she's not at all. "'Carrie would never tease him so casually "'about not having read the screenplay, "'would never refer to the Bad Decision Handbook "'as some sort of piece de resistance. "'It's a shitty first draft, at best. "'I'm thankful he even wants to read it. "'More than that, "'it's that he's sure to be so enchanted by her, "'all the nerdy, cool elements of Carrie "'wrapped up in a drop-dead, gorgeous, "'enigmatic, Katie passage. "'He's going to forget about Olivia altogether.' It's nothing, I say. Just hungry, I guess. The edges of his fingers, pressed against the booth, find mine for a second. I'm sure the food will be out soon, he says. Then, just as quickly, he whips his hand away, as if he shouldn't do that sort of thing anymore. Not now. Not when his internet dream girl is sitting there across the table. As if he's rethinking everything he thought about me. The burgers come out then, and Katie and Jake dig in, but the mise en before before me makes my gut ache katie as usual takes a spotlight going on about how she has to arrange her burger just so to, to ensure that each bite is a perfect mix of lettuce tomato cheese and meat talking about how, how sriracha is the most overrated hot sauce even though she knows i love it detailing her entire bus ride up here every single leaf tree and creek jake nodding along the entire time as if he's happy for someone to take charge It's hard to blame him. I usually feel that way, too. Hell, I usually like her stealing the show. She's the loud one, the natural star. When we're together, there's no pressure on me to fill the space with words. When she's in the spotlight, it means it doesn't shine on me, on my imperfect skin, or my moments of awkwardness, on the fact that I feel far more comfortable in an online community like Reddit than I ever did up on stage. But it's different now, because she's pretending to be Carrie— and not only is she getting it wrong, Jake doesn't seem to mind at all. He seems to love it. It's different because for the last few weeks, I've let myself take the spotlight. Just a little bit. And I'm not sure if I want to go back to the way it was before. <clears throat> Jake sets his burger down and looks at me. What's wrong? I thought you were hungry. I take another bite of a fry. I am, I say quietly, just going slow. He nods. You know it's really crazy? You know what's really crazy is The Haunting of Sophia Blaine, that movie we got halfway through the other night. I originally recommended it to Carrie. I mean, Katie. No, really? I ask, dipping another fry into the sauce, but not quite bringing it up to my mouth. Katie smiles. Oh, you know I love a good ghost story. My pulse quickens, this time not from jealousy, but from fear that it's all about to come crashing down. Jake's eyebrows knit up but it doesn't turn out to be a ghost story. This is it, I think. This is where he figures it all out. It doesn't matter if he likes her or he likes me. He won't want anything to do with either of us once he knows the full truth. Part of me is almost relieved. No more charades. No more lies. He'll never forgive me, but at least least he'll know. At least it will be over. Remember, it's all in Sophia's head because of her past trauma. Jake says... He turns to me, his face falling to a frown. Shit, I'm sorry. Spoiler alert. Ugh. Katie doesn't miss a beat. I know, I know, she says, but it's a metaphorical ghost story. She's haunted by her past, right? Jake's eyes take me in, like he can sense it in me that something is off. I look away, picking out a bit of yet unravaged nail. He clears his throat, Yeah, I know, but still, I'm not sure I'd really call it a ghost. I mean, Katie goes on, is there any need for ghost stories anymore anyway? Isn't it much more interesting to explore the ghosts we all carry within us? In our modern world, haven't we moved beyond things that just go boo? I look up to see her popping another fry into her mouth. The great Katie Carey has spoken. She's wrong, totally wrong, and I wait for Jake to say it, to school her. Ghost stories are a central tenet of horror, have been forever, and while some movies play on the tropes without having actual ghosts, the more traditional ones are not going to take the root of their space, of their star specters and disappear. These sorts of films are not ever going to go away. I glance at Jake, at his face, unreadable, and it feels, suddenly, like it all rides on his reaction, whether he finds fake Carrie ch- enchanting or disenchanting. He breaks into a grin. You know, that's a good point, he says, eating up her words faster than he scarfed his burger. I'd honestly never thought about it like that. I can't help it. I push my plate forward. I can't sit here and watch this anymore. Sorry, but I'm not feeling great, I say, eyeing the exit. Jake stands up to let me pass, and before they can stop me, I squeeze out of the booth, out of the restaurant, and into the fresh air. Out of my own horror movie, the one I can only blame myself for creating. Bridges of Madison County. Katie finds me on Mill Hill Road, a few shops down from the burger place. What are you doing? She asks, hands on her hip like she's my mom. I'm sorry, I say, shaking my head. I just can't go back in there. It's all too much. Katie sighs loudly, then grasps me by the elbow and nods to the crosswalk. You're lucky, she says as we make our way across the street and up the stone sidewalk. I told Jake that you have a food intolerance that sometimes hits out of the blue, and you were sorry for leaving so abruptly. Great, I say, nausea coating my stomach, and not from any purported food intolerance either. All I need is another lie. Katie stops just short of the car. I also told him that you'd Venmo him the money for our portion, so as not to seem rude. Okay, I say, I get it. I shuffle toward the car, and Katie gets in the driver's seat. My house is just down the road, a left at the corner. She nods, but I can tell she's fuming, so are you going to tell me why you stormed out like that? I honestly thought it was all going off pretty well. Of course you did, I say as she makes a turn. What's that supposed to mean? Katie asks. I mean, you didn't have to play it up so much, did you? I tug at the edge of another nail. Are you seriously mad at me for doing too good of a job? Katie asks. He totally bought it. All of it. Exactly, I say. I never asked for an Oscar-worthy performance. Turn left. Katie huffs, but she dutifully makes the turn. Sorry, Olivia. Next time I impersonate someone without any warning, I'll make sure to be a bit more robotic. My house comes into view, and she pulls into my drive, winding toward the cottage. It's still just barely light, but the sky is purple-blue now, the sun almost set. I don't mean robotic, I say as she posts the car into park. I just mean less dramatic, less enchanting. Dramatic, she asks, focusing only on the former accusation. Seriously? I look away so she can't catch my eyes. It was like the Katie show in there. I know guys eat that sort of thing up, but I don't even act like that. It's not me. I thought the whole point was for him not to know it was you. I turn back to look at her. Yeah, but you don't have to make me this completely different por- Person, I say. Ghost stories will always be important to horror. I would never say that. Katie laughs, tossing her head back. So you want me to be kind of like you, but not too much, and also not too enchanting, and to do a good good job, but not too good of a job? Girl, you should hear yourself. I feel my eyes begin to well, and Katie puts a hand on my shoulder. Olivia, it's okay. There's nothing to cry about. I'll tone it down, okay? Believe me, it's obviously you he's into. You're the one who sent all those messages to him. The only reason he was even talking to me was because he was excited to finally meet you. I brushed the moisture from my eyes with the back of my hand. I know you think I'm dramatic, but you're not. But you're the one who's storming out of restaurants, mind you, Katie says. I know, I say, feeling suddenly foolish. I'm being a total drama queen, and I don't want to be. Katie holds up a hand. First off, the one true do- drama queen will always be Meryl so don't you worry your pretty little head about stealing her title. Second, I've known you a while now. I'm used to your antics. This is a bit more involved than most situations we've been in together, but we'll get through it. We always do. Thanks, I say, pushing away the sting of jealousy as I realize, once again, that Katie really is the best, best friend ever. I'm sorry for dragging you into this. Can we go inside now? Katie asks. I need some chips or something since I had to leave with a quarter of a, of my burger still sitting on my plate. We spend, blah, blah, blah. we spend the night watching a movie with my parents, their taste aligning with Katie's better than it ever has with mine. Passing around a bag of white cheddar popcorn my dad's been addicted to for years, and sitting stock still at the sex scene that makes us all feel uncomfortable, no matter how cool my parents try to be about it. As the movie plays out, I try to focus. What the f- I try to focus on the good things, that my best friend, whom I love, who always knows how to make me happy, is with me, saving me from the summer I thought would be mind-numbing. That my world of lies hasn't come crumbling around me just yet. Only problem is, as she munches at the popcorn, digging her fingers down to the saltiest crumbs like she always does, I can't help but feel off. Things were going so well before she arrived. I was going to tell him the truth today. Now, with Katie here, that feels impossible. The lies go too deep. More than that, it's clear to me after tonight that there's a reason she's the star and I'm not. Seeing her at the restaurant, cracking jokes, detailing her best ride, making up theories about movies she hasn't even seen, it's easy, it's easy to see what makes her so lovable. It's hard to feel anything but dull by comparison, no matter what's happened over the last few weeks. When the movie's finished, my mom stands up, flipping off the TV and turning to me. "'I forgot to ask,' she says. "Were you surprised?' Katie's been planning for a few days, and I hope I didn't give it away. Believe me, I say. I was definitely surprised. My dad gets up, too. You know you're welcome to stay as long as you want, Katie. Thanks, Mr. Knight, she says politely. He crumbles up the bag of popcorn and takes it to the kitchen, and my parents begin their evening shuffle. Water, vitamins, turning off the lights. Back in my room, after changing out of our regular clothes and into PJs, Katie turns to me. Are you feeling any better? I shrug. I guess. She sits on my bed, and I plop next to her, a smile twists at the corners of her mouth. Never in a million years did I anticipate my most challenging acting role would be in real life. That's what happens when you surprise people, I say. Correction, my friend, that's what happens when you surprise people who've concocted elaborate online identities featuring your very own photo. She pauses. Are you going to tell me why you used my photo anyway? I sigh. Because I looked awful that day, okay? And I just thought, I don't know. It was stupid. It was a snap decision. Katie shakes her head. Come on, Olivia. How many times do I have to tell you are I don't want to talk about it. She sighs. Well, which one did you use, anyway? Which one did you use, anyway? I shrug, figuring she might as well know. I grab my phone, load up Reddit, scroll through the hundreds of messages between Elm and me until I find it. I hold it out in front of her. That, she asks, all this for that? It's not even a good photo. I whip the phone away, toss it onto my nightstand. Yes, it is. Every one of your photos is a good photo. What can I say? She rests her head on her hands and bats her lashes. I'm always ready for my close-up. I don't laugh. Oh, come on, Katie says. I'm telling you, you're just as photogenic as I am. That, on the other hand, does get a laugh out of me. You are. Can we not go down this road? Okay, the Olivia's beautiful but doesn't know it. Road right next to it's time to love yourself already. Street across the corner from things will work out if you only stay positive. Way I can't help but laugh. Then my phone buzzes and I forget all affirmations. A message on Reddit. Elm Street Nightmare eighty four. So great meeting you. Even if it got a little, got cut a little short, still can't believe this crazy coincidence. It's amazing. My stomach sinks. He's going to choose her. I just know it. What is it? Katie asks. Nothing, I say, setting the phone face down on my dresser. Katie leans against my headboard. Anyway, you should have warned me if my presence would set off some sort of chain reaction. You were the one who begged me to come up and save you from your exile in the Catskills, remember? Of course I remember, but it feels so long ago now. I thought this summer would be hell, but it's been kind of wonderful, truthfully. And now it's all messed up, broken beyond repair. I glance over to Katie. I still don't get it, I say. What? She asks. Why aren't you in your program? I told you, she says. It was beneath me. My eyes narrow. I've, I've been hearing about the program for ages, and I can't imagine she changed her mind about it, just like that. Really? Yeah, Katie says. Eyes suddenly on her hands. I want to ask more, but I know what it's like to not want to talk about things that make you upset let's just go to sleep i say instead i'm exhausted from all the drama she whips her head up narrowing her eyes at me hey you're not the one who spent the whole evening acting i manage to smirk no i was the only director writer and muse all in one just don't get too used to it she says i like to retain some creative control i laugh by the way she says. by the way she says what's this about the screenplay you finished It's just 90 pages, I say. They're not even very good. Katie shakes her head in disbelief. 90 pages is insane, Olivia. I seriously can't even comprehend it. Don't act so shocked. I lean back, sinking deeper into the pillows. Girl, it's not about me believing in you or not. There are people at the new school, like studying writing and all that, paying shitloads of money to be there, who have accomplished less, I guarantee you. This is amazing. I'm so freaking proud of you. You don't even know. Well, it's just another thing that's messed up now, I say, crossing my arms, because Jake thinks you wrote it. Katie sits up straighter, grabbing me by the... (laughs) Grabbing... Uh, grabbing me by the shoulders. Olivia, forget about Jake for a minute, or his nerdy handle, all that. You were afraid you could never do this, and you did. Whatever else happens, that's huge. But no buts, she snaps. You're a rock star. Own it for once, okay? Girl, this is this is your Bridges of Madison County. <coughs> and that is where we cut this off. And then two more episodes until this book is done. Uh, oh, there's the other one. For a split second, I thought I lost the other book again, and that would seriously be, like, my final straw. I would be out the window. Dead. Ah! Hoo! boy so, um, the reason I screamed just now was because, like, my sister gave me this setting powder that she doesn't use anymore, because she got a better one, and I was fiddling with it, and I almost dropped out- <laughs> I scratched my forehead that time- I almost dropped it on the floor, so, like, I flinched to catch it, and I caught it between, like, my elbow and my torso, but, like, I thought it fell, so it was- it was very frightening, okay? Okay. Well not frightening, but it was like, oh no. Why am I the way that I am? <laughs> I say that to my mother all the time, like, why are you the way that you are? But like Um Anyway, I'm I don't wanna keep going on and on in a random little little tangent thingy. So last episode I almost forgot to put the link tree in the description, so I did remember to do that, Linktree, I mentioned this before, and I mentioned, like, that the outro isn't going to be changed yet, that'll be, like, I start doing the professional outro, like, next year, so that it won't feel as weird to me to suddenly be pushing that, but, um, Yeah, the link tree is just, like, to alternate sources to listen to the podcast, along with the Instagram account, if you want to check that out. Gotta remember to put that in each description. But, thanks for listening. I can't wait to vibe with you next time. Remember to drink water and fuck bitches. Bye!